0: to Dave's Disney view podcast. Dave is your host, your podcast host. (laughs) Kindly step all the way in please and make room for everyone. There's no turning back now. Our tour begins here in this gallery where you see paintings of some of our guests as they appeared in their corruptible, mortal states. Your cadaverous pallor betrays an aura of foreboding, almost as though you sense a disquieting metamorphosis. Is this haunted room actually stretching? Or is it your imagination? Hmm. And consider this dismaying observation. This chamber has no windows and no doors, which offers you this chilling challenge to find a way out. Ha. <laughs> of course, there's always my way.)
1: Well, hey, everybody, it's Dave again. Um, As I like to do on my podcast once in a while, I bring on a special guest to talk about uh, different things around the Walt Disney World Resort. And this week is no exception. I'm bringing on uh, Brent Pope, who is the author of one of the iPhone applications that, unfortunately, is no longer out there, and we'll get to that in a minute. But I wanted to talk to you about how technology has evolved in the uh, Walt Disney World schema. Uh, As we look at everything, you know, it used to be back when the park opened, you'd go to the park. You were off on your own. You had no communication with anybody other than the person you were talking to unless you found a payphone and wanted to call somebody. Certainly, if you wanted to find out wait times for rides, you had to walk over to that ride, that attraction, and go look at the wait time and kind of assess for yourself where it was going to be. Not so much anymore. Things have changed dramatically in Walt Disney World. So, Brent, how are you doing?
2: I'm doing good, man. How are you doing? I'm
1: doing really well. So, welcome to the podcast. Thank so, you. Oh, glad to have you. Uh, so, a couple of years ago, or a year or so ago, you came up with an idea for an iPhone application to talk about wait times at Walt Disney World.
2: Yeah. Yes, and it came from personal experience. You know, at, before we began the podcast, we, you and I were doing a little, you know, free chat chat. And it, it really, uh, technology has utterly changed the way we experience culture and engage in commerce. And I like to tell people that and remind people that. And you have to be ready uh, to take advantage of that from a business standpoint. From my standpoint, you know, just as a consumer trying to enjoy um, uh, things that I experience, you know, technology has um, really changed changed the way we do that. Uh, you kind of ask, where, where did I come up with the idea for, for that? Well, you know, I don't know if you know the the story about me, but I got laid off in March of two thousand nine, and a week later, a week after I got laid off, I had this planned trip to Disney World, and uh, so I was there with my family, and like I did, like every time I've been at Disney World for the last years, I get off a ride and I think, dang it, if only there was a way to know what the ride times are, you know, halfway across the park. And amazingly enough, I'm not right enough to have had that epiphany moment right then and there that, hey, there needs to be an app for this. Uh, it took me a few weeks uh, and it was a few weeks later that I was talking about talking with my son about some possible entrepreneurial things that he could do and you know, I was talking about the, the kind of things that would uh, you would think would make for a successful product, and somehow the idea of this wait times app uh, popped into my head. And so then I began to sort of aggressively pursue it, um, thinking that it would be a good thing, because, you know, who doesn't want to know what the wait times are? Um, and, you know, when when you're especially when you're at the uh, park with your family, and it's hot, and you're just trying to make the most of your money, and it you know, mm-hmm. so much to get in there to begin with. So it was really just about... Uh, improving the experience and I think if there's one theme that will run through our conversation today Dave the yep. word experience
1: yeah good good yeah
2: it, and, and what I mean by that is really have always admired um, Walt Disney World and Walt Disney himself uh, for how they really try to manage the experience that you have they know it's not just about riding the rides, and that's why if you know the story you know the reason they created Walt Disney World out there in the middle of um, uh, you know the Florida orange groves is because Walt was standing on top of the Swiss Family Robinson treehouse in um, California, and he could sort of vag- vaguely make out the top of a Howard Johnson, the orange roof of a Howard Johnson's, and he really wanted people to be able to escape that, and he wanted them to have an immersive experience, and you know so you know they created that. That shadow company that bought up all the land and you know voila many years later we have um we have the walt disney world with uh, you know multiple theme parks and water parks and everything else So it truly is an immersive experience so that's sort of a nitty-gritty brick and mortar way uh that you know that um, experience the immersive experience happens uh for us but you know I don't know if you have any favorite cues. It'd be interesting to talk about what your favorite cues are at at the um, at the Disney World parks. Do you have any favorites?
1: I, I do have a couple of favorites. Um, I actually I actually like the um, uh, well I I, I like I, I I've never actually ridden on um Mount, on Expedition Everest, but I've I've stood in the queue before. Yeah. Um, and I thought it was tremendously well themed. Um, that's yeah. one of the newer ones, of course. Um, but uh, you know, I I like I like the way Pirates is themed out. It's one of my favorite attractions overall, and it's the whole experience there of that one. Exactly. Yeah.
2: Exactly right. They, you know, they really do it right. I've always enjoyed. I actually like the Jungle Boat Cruise. I love the uh, yeah yeah fancy music that's playing.
1: And the little in
2: Epcot, I I really liked um, the um, the test track. Mm-hmm. You know, and those are all about having an immersive experience. And I think they kind of they kind of fail in some ways. And I haven't been back to. Um, the magic kingdom since um they reopened um uh, space mountain okay. but that was a queue that was definitely in need of some some refreshing oh yeah you know <laughs> um and and frankly i think they they haven't done as much as they could have done in uh, in soaring also at epcot But yeah. so most of the queues are really part of the experience of the ride you know and um, I tell you what you know what's a great one the, the Finding Nemo the Nemo under the Voyage Under the Sea one yes, yes. Like that one is so good that you almost hope you have a little bit of a wait so you can slowly walk through it and, and, and enjoy it and you know that they've done a good job um, when, when that's happening
1: no you're absolutely right when they really put the time, effort and thought into what you're doing while you're waiting um, you're right absolutely
2: speaking of waiting I, I realized you had asked me about the apps and you know what, what it is is um, the way the app work was it was sort of um, it was sort of a Twitter for uh, for wait times and where you could update uh, you could put updates of, of what the wait times are at a certain ride when you're coming off the ride or as you're waiting in line and you can see what other people have put in at, um, at the other side of the park. It, it never really took off like I thought it would, Dave. And there's mm-hmm. a couple of reasons for that. Um, the, the first one is mine came out about the same time that another one came out, um, and did almost exactly the same thing. Right. Uh, the one I did, I recently called Wait Times Magic Kingdom Edition. Well, almost like, uh, like four, literally four or five days before mine launched, um, one came out called Disney World Wait Times. Mm-hmm. And it worked a little differently, but it was the same principle that people would enter the, the wait times on it. But mine was only for Magic Kingdom. I did a lot of press. I did a lot of uh, publicity uh, for mine. But I think because the other guy's uh, app, the other app was so intuitively named, more people were drawn to that, so immediately, the way this, uh, a concept like this has to work, is like, everybody's gotta be on the same page, it's gotta be easy, you've gotta have uh, a real fast, uh, critical mass that has to be reached quickly for it to work, and, um, you know, there's some problems, and it just, it it never really took off, but I, I found out another thing, to be honest with you. I thought that I wanted to know what wait times were, more often than I actually wanted to know what wait times were.
1: You know, I was just going to say that's a a great point because I'll tell you, I went and I, I was sitting at home and I was like, I wonder if there's an app for this, right? And I went and looked for it and I found your app and I found the other app you talked about and I downloaded them both and I was kind of tinkering with both a little bit. And it gave me the feeling like I was there when I was sitting at home, right? I could sit there and go, oh, what's the wait time for Jungle Cruise, right? Yeah. Just for fun. You know, I'd be sitting at work and I'd just do it, you know, surreptitiously while I'm sitting at my desk just because it felt good in some way. Um, And you're right. When I got to the parks, I was like, I should be a good community citizen here and I should update the wait times. And I did it sometimes, but I never really looked at what the wait times were somewhere else. You're absolutely right.
2: Here's what, what, what I learned about it is that I, I spent a lot of time at the parks last summer because I wanted to try to jumpstart it and sort of be the person updating it, you know, so I would jump around from park to park to park, you know, updating wait times just so they would be relatively current. Um, but what I realized, and when I'm and with my family, I realized, you know, you, you don't get off Jungle Boat Crews and say, hey, I wonder what the wait time is at, at uh, Space Mountain. And then you go to Space Mountain and say, hey, I wonder what the wait time is at uh, Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. Right. get off Big the- right. Thunder Mountain Railroad and said, hey, I wonder what the wait time is for um, the Tomorrowland Speedway. You really experience the park. I think most people that use these or had families um, or with some other people, you experience it sort of neighborhood by neighborhood. So that if you're in the Tomorrowland neighborhood, and you get off Buzz here, You walk a few steps over to see what the wait time is at uh, Space Mountain, or you kind of peek around the corner to see if, if it looks like a long line at Tomorrowland Speedway. And so people, really, that that idea of pulling your phone out and you know checking it nine or ten times a day, that's not really how people uh, experience it anyway. And then the other thing is, frankly, you know, it's it's a, right now it's the middle of the afternoon when you and I are talking. Um, I can tell you within five minutes what the wait time is for um, Dumbo right
1: yeah, now yeah I'm with you
2: you know it's 40 minutes this yep. time of year you know it is you know what I can tell you what the wait time is for, for Peter Pan it's 65 minutes
1: it always is <laughs> it, you
2: know that's, that's what it is I, I mean certain things Um, you know to, Dumbo is 20 minutes the moment the park opens and then it's uh, 30 minutes an hour later and then it's 40 to 30 minutes from then on mm-hmm, the day, mm-hmm. you know so certain things you know, it, it just, except for the times where, you know, somebody might update and say, hey, this ride is down, it's temporarily closed, that, that becomes helpful information. But, you know, again, you've got to have enough people there doing it. So uh, that is what it is. I, I decided to shut them down. Um, there, there, is, there, there were multiple apps that were doing uh, the same sort of thing. Uh, other companies that were, uh, they were developers, and that's what they did. Uh, started doing this and you know it was it was fairly inexpensive for me to to fund and to to create and one thing I can tell you about applications that it's easy to um cheap and easy to create it's cheap and easy to imitate Mm. and people will and that's what happens and when when you're dealing with like I'm a napkin guy right so I have the idea on the napkin and I take it to the development team and have the code monkeys you know write the app um, that costs me every money money every time I do it. Whereas if you have a development team and you know, they develop the app and they're working some other things and they've got some downtime this week. Hey, we've got eight or ten hours, let's let's update the app. Right. They can do that. And that's something that ultimately a, a NASA guy like myself is not gonna be able to, to keep up with. So between that, you know, I changed the name from Wait Times to Wait Watchers, which I thought was really clever and it was really great until I got that letter cease and desist letter from the Weight Watchers people in New York, and then I said, "You know what? I'm not making money on this anyway. I'm just
1: going to go ahead and shut it down." Yeah, when I when I heard that story about the uh, the other company with the same name, I, I I laughed out loud. I don't. You don't need to get into the discussion here, but I just laughed out loud at hearing that. I said, uh, "Yeah, I always think of food when I'm standing in line somewhere yeah, at Disney World." It, so. it, it's
2: silly, but you know that's I mean, okay. You know, <laughs> they're trying to protect their brand. But, sure. No, I'm I'm really fascinated by um, the. Things that are going to come up that I'm to, I think are going to help our experience, and and you probably know that um, you know Verizon and Disney teamed up to create a uh, um, an app that actually is sort of a subscription app. app. It's about ten bucks or six months of use, about one hundred and eighty days of use, and it's supposed to tell you what the wait times are mm-hmm. and some other information. But I'm really intrigued by how the views are going to change, and there's three things I, I would like to d- discuss with you that I sure. think are going to be really interesting um, uses of technology. Um, three things are uh, augmented reality, um, uh, use of QR codes, and, um, and then also GPS, um, uh, GPS-triggered events, yeah. uh, either applications or websites or, or things of that nature. And what I mean is, you know, are you uh, are you familiar with augmented reality and I, how it's being used?
1: I, I am, but let's uh, let's throw something out there for our listeners to make sure they get it too.
2: Sure. Um, well, you know, I, Yelp was sort of um, the Yelp iPhone app and their web, a website. they sort of a um, restaurant review type uh, uh, application. Mm-hmm. Um, they were sort of the first one to sort of famously or infamously, <laughs> infamously, sneak augmented reality into this. Uh, iPhone three GS yes and and uh, yeah and and then it all became all sort of legal and and it was cool but what would happen was uh, it, the way they use it is um, the augment augmented reality is written into the app and so that it it syncs and it uses your phone's camera so that when you're looking um, uh, out at a using your camera to look at the horizon it'll show you say there's a coffee shop ten meters away that will uh, that'll throw up a, uh, a a rectangle, large rectangle, and I'll say, you know, Starbucks, and you know, 10 meters away, and, and you know, three stars out of five, or, or whatever, like that. And if there's a you know a Waffle House that's you know 2,000 meters away, but it'll, it'll be sort of small, it but it'll be the direction that you're looking. So if if it, if, it's sou- if it's south, if it's south, the Starbucks is south, and you know when your phone is facing south, it'll it 'll be on your screen as you turn north it'll go out of your screen and other things come in so it's it sort of places these um, computer-generated digital landmarks on okay. your screen uh, with the where with your phone's awareness of, of uh, where it is and, and how it's how it's looking around and, and so forth well I think that's an interesting thing that could uh, could really make the Cube's, uh experience um, uh, more interesting let me give you an example um haunted mansion if you're waiting in line for a haunted mansion and you uh you throw your phone open and um, or you uh, turn, turn it on and, and as you look around with your camera imagine seeing a ghost on your camera mm-hmm. that, that's floating out there in the line in the graveyard or out there on the on the little uh, uh, river or something you can't see it with the naked eye but there you it is showing it. up mm-hmm. on your camera well that's the kind of thing that could be you know in a lot of a lot of different situations uh where that would just make the experience that much more fun um that you know mm-hmm. so that, that's one thing uh qr codes qr codes are those funny little codes they're used more in europe um, mm-hmm. and actually uh, uh disneyland paris was experimenting around with this last year where um if you had a, a certain certain uh qr uh, code reader and you know, you sort of took a picture of it with your phone, or uh, then something would happen. It would like send you a text of what the wait times are right. at, at other parts of the park. Well, those PR codes could also initiate other things. If you're standing in line um, for Big Thunder Mountain Railroad, or you're standing in line for you know Splash Mountain. Um, they, those could be on the wall and it could trigger a game or a trivia, some trivia questions or some little things like that while mm-hmm. you're waiting in, in line. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the kind of things that wouldn't be triggered unless you were there at that, uh, where that QR code is. So I think that's another thing that is, is going to be interesting is, you know, if someone will take the time to, you know, to, to write it. It should, you know, would definitely make the experience better. And of course, just GPS triggered events in general. Um, the tricky thing about that, though Dave, is that the iPhone and, and I'm not sure many of the Android handset models, but the it's not a, it's not specifically a GPS locator, right? right it's got right. GPS, but it's not accurate within centimeters. It's more accurate within like you know fifty meters or seventy five meters. Yeah. So you know uh, that's you know you, you can't depend on that to be super super specific. But it's the kind of thing that um, if, if if you're in oh I don't know Liberty Square, it probably is going to catch, understand, you know, know, that you're in Liberty, Liberty Square, Square, right? And you know, make some tribute to come up or um, other things. And you, you really, I'm 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 sort of waiting for uh, Disney to offer something free that tells you, hey, you know what? We've got open reservations at this Liberty tablet.
1: See that that's you a, know
2: yeah, you that, know they want to. Have every last reservation filled, and that would be a tool to enable you know people to to be aware of of these open reservations and so
1: forth. And I agree with you. That's I think that's exactly where the technology is headed. That there's uh, you're taking advantage of all of these opportunities, and it, I, you can call it upselling, you can call it cross selling, you can call it whatever you want. But it's taking opportunities and, and reaching your customer base, your guests in the park, yeah. to to offer them something. Um, you know whether it's a wait time at a at a, at a ride, whether it's some sort of electronic fast pass instead of having this piece of paper in your hand um, or whether it's you know some GPS-enabled thing. I, I see that as a great opportunity um, where you can really take something new, take it, take it to a whole new level that, that we've never seen before.
2: Well like I said at the beginning, technology has just utterly changed the way we experience culture and engage in commerce, yeah. and so I was talking about experiencing culture, and then I did that little shift to, hey, look, there's hey. an open reservation, mm-hmm. at and listen, I'm, I'm a cheapskate, so I, I never eat at those places anyways, that's why I can't even, I, I can't even pull the name out of my head, I know there's <laughs> one on Main Street, I know there's one there, in, you know, um, just like between the Liberty uh, Liberty Square and, and um, mm-hmm. uh, Frontier, you know, but yeah. I, I can't name them, but that's the kind of thing that there's plenty of people... You know, want to sit down at those places, and, and, and you know if they I agree. make a the reservation and something comes up, boy, you know that would that would certainly be something that would appeal to them.
1: No, I agree with you. I, you know, it just seems like there's just just so much going on now that that's like evolved. Plus, you have this whole idea of the um, of the queueless weight system that they're going to start testing out, or they have been testing out for a while now. That changes the nature of queuing right so you're you're not standing in a line anymore you're now standing in an, in an interactive area some immersive thing right where you're actually seeing almost a pre-show before right. you go in and see whatever the attraction is and you know conceptually i think hey that's pretty clever because you could really you know you're holding your audience plus you're doing something that, that really gives them gives them something in return um, you know it, it makes it a little more interactive and interesting um, yeah and
2: again you know anytime and you know i I, I come from a marketing and advertising background, so in terms of doing web development and things like that, I know you have to be clear, and I know you have to be, you know, make things user-friendly and very usable in terms of uh, user interaction and user experience, but I want things to be interactive. I think that the more interactive they are, the stickier the experience is, the mm-hmm. more the stickier your brand becomes, and really, really for you know, Disney or, or Universal or you know, SeaWorld or whoever, uh, but that's a, that's a good thing when you can do
1: that. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm actually an engineer by trade, and uh, you know, I, one of the things I really look at is like these cues and the way that they set them up and how they make them interesting in some way. So I'm standing in line at the Jungle Cruise, and I think it's actually kind of cool. Like you said, you know, you're hearing that overhead audio and sort of the quirkiness of it all, and it's fun. You're loading the boats, and they're moving along, and you can kind of see where you're going. The Peter Pan cue, on the other hand, you stand in that line, it's just a line. There is nothing interactive about it at all. And it's, it's not fun. I mean, it's it's one of the most painful cues you ever stand in. And, you know, I, I, that's something that just kind of mystifies me because so many other places really take, you know, so many other places around the park take advantage of it. And that one doesn't. And they never have. And it just kind of blows me away. Um, you know, because it, it. You
2: know what else blows me away? It's not that fun of a rock. <laughs> I mean,
1: yeah, it's, it's okay. You know, if.
2: It, <laughs> it's okay. It's a tradition. I love to do it. But, man, I tell you what, my, I always have a game plan going to the park anyway. You know, mm-hmm. I, yep. you know my fam, we're there when the gates open, and we shoot straight back to, well, they shoot straight back to Fanny I take all the, the tickets and go get the Fast Pass to Space Mountain. Right, right. we got the plan. You know, we're seasoned pros with that stuff.
1: You know, and, and that's one of those things. I mean, you're a seasoned pro. I'm a seasoned pro. I've been there, you know, m- more times than I can count. And, you know, you know, you know what you're going to do in the park, and you know how you're going to attack it. And it makes a huge difference. And you know, I always tell people, you know, a touring plan is so important. And you know, you read the Birnbaum's guide, and they say, oh, well, that's more important than anything else that you that you'll do. And it's like, huh, interesting. You know, we get it, um, but how do you how do you get somebody else to get it? And do we want everybody else to get it? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I I don't know that we do. I, I but you know what? It's it's different strokes for different folks. Sure. If, um, I have a you know I have a little girl now. She just turned three. And never before have I been interested in seeing story time with Belle. But, you know, the, when we went last fall, what mm-hmm. she loved is she ate it up. Oh, now, yeah. So it's, it's, that's the kind of thing that I think, aha, look at those suckers over there. They're doing that instead of standing in line. Yay for me. Um, but, you know what, that's that's an experience. Mm-hmm. Going back to that word experience that yeah. you know, she'll never forget. So, you know, and, the, and that's it's it. high tech, but it is, you know, it is good.
1: But it's that high touch. You know, you're sitting there and you're, you're, hearing, you're hearing Belle tell a story and maybe she got to be a part of the story or at least she saw somebody near her who was a part of the story. And it was an experience for her and for you, too, because you got to see your daughter doing that. And I, you know, There is something to be said for that. Um, you know, I, I like, I've, I've been several times on, you know, to the Halloween party, to the Christmas party, whatever. And, you know, you can jump on and off pretty much any ride all night long. And that's great. But if you do that, you miss out on the whole experience of everything that's going on. Right. You know, there's so many other things happening you don't want to miss out on. It, because they made it so much more than just hopping on the rides, yeah. um, and it's 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 really kind of cool because you can have these different experiences at the same park. Um, you know, you go by yourself, and I'm I'm assuming you've been by yourself in the past. Yeah, you know, and it's a whole other experience when you're by yourself um, than you than it is when we're with you, when you're with your kids, um, or just you and your wife or whatever. You know, it, it, just different different categories of people. You take your you take your in laws or your you know your your cousins or whatever, and it's always different. It's really interesting how that works. Yeah.
2: Um, I've always liked, you know, te- technology continues to, to uh, change the experience, you know. Um, things that seem a little uh, campy to us uh, because they're old, um, but but they still hold a place in our hearts, you know, mm-hmm. like the Peter Pan or, or, or so forth.
1: Right. Um,
2: and and then, they, then you've got um, It's Tough to Be a Bug, which is my favorite all-time 3D experience. Um, over in Animal Kingdom, and uh, just from every part of that. And by the way, what a great cue that is! Mm-hmm. If you've uh, if you've ever done it, yeah,
1: that one. I love that one. I think it's I think it's really cool.
2: Yeah, again, that's one of those that I kind of don't want to walk through that too fast. You mm-hmm. know, I just yeah. I want to experience. You know, you just heard you have the Tree of Life, and it's just you know it's just well thought out, and all that stuff is when it's well thought out. It just makes the experience that much greater. And speaking of experience, okay, we're in animal kingdom. Yep. So this is not this is not really um, super high tech, but when you're waiting in line for the Kilimanjaro safaris, mm-hmm. you know they make you think you're at a, you know a safari out in Africa somewhere, and it's all that pre-story that helps the experience of the actual attraction uh, be that much better. So, oh, I agree, and then I just I just applaud them. They they generally. They do a really, really good, good job with that stuff. They, not perfect, but um, uh, you know, I, I expect that we will see some things in the future that use augmented reality and QR codes and things like that. that you know, just as you're waiting in line, you you if you have a wait, you know, you you get to experience things that you only experience if you have to wait in that line. Mm-hmm. That, that. Then that also that makes waiting in line go the time go by quicker and it's kind
1: of special, you know? So. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, you, you think about, like, outside the Haunted Mansion, there's there's this, you know, an odd cue, right? Because you, usually you sit in that, in that spot right in front of the, the door um, where right. the tombstones are. It's a very short amount of time. It's one cycle through there, right? Yeah. So you're not out there for very long, so you may not have time to read all the tombstones or see Madame Leota's eyes open or whatever, but, you know, there's some interesting things there, some very clever things, and then when you go into that foyer, most people don't even realize, you know, some of the some of the details that are in that foyer. And the the you know the the picture on the wall that's changing you know I think there's I think yeah. it's seven scenes that it goes through and most people don't see any more than two or three because you know you're moving through and you're trying to get into the into the main part of the ride and it's like wow you know there's something here that's that's a little more interesting yeah, yeah it's just funny to see to think about it a little bit um, yeah. but it, it's pretty neat you know and I, I I really think you're right you know technology has really evolved I think Disney is kind of taking it by the horns I'll I'll take a step back and without even going to the technology of like the iPhone or any application or anything. The emails that they send out. I recently uh, had a stay up at Disney World, and I was I was uh, up there, and I was getting emails like a couple of weeks before, and just building the hype about it. And I was getting them like as I was leaving, and as I was as I got home, and I just thought it was really cool that they were taking advantage of the technology, and they had me, and they're like, here, you know, we're gonna offer you all these things, and don't forget to do this, and check this out, and whatever, and you know that was that was while before I went, while I was there, and after I left. Think about what it's like while you're actually there in the park, and you're doing, you know, you could take that to the next level. You can, right. And you can really engage somebody in something. Yeah, that's, it's yeah, in,
2: and, and, you know, it's as much as you want to be engaged in that. Because some people, you know, some criticisms I've read of, of applications like this is, oh, you know, stupid phones, stupid gadgets, you know, don't need to be walking your head down looking at your phone. Well, you don't have to. No. I'm just going to put a gun to your head and make you do it. Um, but if it can help you have a better experience, then, you know, you, you go
1: for it. Yeah, and, and Disney's tried different things. I mean, they had Pal Mickey for a while that was a, a marginal success, I guess, and ultimately didn't really work out. But, you know, it was Mickey was talking to you about different things around the park. Right. Ha- similar yeah, concept. that
2: was one of their uh, – I remember reading uh, about that, and it's one of those things that it was just a uh, – they, they were trying to give them away when they were doing the test run, I don't know, did you hear about the test run? Um, I believe it was the Palm Mickey test run that you, you had to put a deposit down in case you lost or destroyed the, the uh, device that yes, you Yes, that's right, yep. And and they weren't gonna make you pay to use it, they, but people wouldn't even, they couldn't even get people to test it. And um, I think they knew right then and there, nobody was gonna you know uh, fork over this much money and have that much money at risk. And, and so they had to, to cancel the project. Yep. You know, they hey, no, they can't hit a home run every time.
1: No, they can't. But if they could, you know, if they could take that technology, that concept, and help you to build something more interactive in your phone, whatever it might be, think about, you know, the concept there.
2: What you know, we need to do, Dave, is we're going to need to find somebody that has a Verizon smartphone <laughs> and, and go to the park, and uh, you know, I'll, I'll pitch in a couple of bucks and get the, the uh, uh, get the new uh, the Verizon app uh, and, and see and see what it's like.
1: Yes, be I would be interested in that, too. I'm, I'm, kind of, I'm kind of intrigued by that. If anybody out there is listening and they have a Verizon phone and they're trying it out, please do email me, davesdisneyview at gmail.com, and I'll get in touch with Brent and let him know what's going on. But, uh, you know, want to hear about that, your experiences with it, if you, uh, if you have it. But, uh, you know, it's just kind of an interesting idea that, they've, you know, that they're doing this. And, you know, as, a, as an AT&T iPhone user, I, I felt kind of like, you know, I was left out in the cold. I'm like, I got the cool phone, and you're not helping me out. Turn it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, clearly Verizon knows. Um, you know that was advantageous for um, for Verizon because of, of all the Disney files out there. That you know somebody's going to be on the fence about what kind of phone to get and what service to go with. And uh, you know that probably has swayed some people's decisions. I don't know. Yeah, uh, probably, maybe maybe no. not many. Maybe not as many as they'd like. But you know, if if you had if you're that much of a Disney nut, you know, you have to. It gives you pause. You know, mm-hmm. you're kind of saying, "Darn it, come on!" You know, uh, <laughs> Apple, please release us from the uh, you know AT T exclusivity. You know, <laughs> right? <laughs> Is it on another network? You know, so yeah.
1: maybe one day. No, you never know. That, maybe that'll happen. But for now, you know, we have to just dream a little bit, and you know, we'll have to keep coming up with our own apps and own ideas, and you know, ways to enjoy the park. Right.
2: And you know, Disney. I, I will say, Disney has been really uh, was was pretty cool about that. I was I was a little afraid that, you know, it was going to bring the legal hammer down on me. Um, but essentially what I and others have tried to do is just help people have a better experience and, and not disparaging the brand, but because we love it. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're, they're pretty darn cool about that. As long as you don't claim to be, you know, associated with the, uh,
1: Right, right. That's the, the
2: park, that's, you know, that's anyway. the key.
1: Yeah. And I, I was a cast member there many years ago and, uh, that was, that was one of the things that they always encouraged. It's like, you know, if you want to promote our brand, pfft, by all means do it as long as you're not infringing on our copyrights saying that you're part of the organization in some way or, you know, doing something that makes money on our brand in some way, you know, truly makes money on the brand in some way. Um, then, you know, it's all, we're all for it. And I was like, cool idea. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And they've extended that into technology world. So that's, that's pretty neat. It's, yeah. Uh, that's very clever. Well, Brent. Do you, I...
2: have, do you have any good ideas for, um, for, um, Theme park
1: apps? I've, I've been trying to come up with one. I, you know, I'd, I'd love to offer one to my listeners, um, but I don't have a really good one yet. I've, I've just taught myself how to program iPhone apps. Um, I've been doing that over the last couple of weeks. Um, so, you know, I, I'll keep thinking about it. Um, you know, I, maybe I'll come up with one in the future. But uh, at the moment, I'm kind of stumbling a little bit.
2: Well, you know, you just need that that big idea, and once you have it, man, race to get it to. It to market as soon as
1: you can. Brent, thanks for joining us on the, on the show. I really do appreciate having you here. Hey,
2: it's good to be here.
1: All right. And uh, you know, we'll, uh, we'll look for more applications from you in the future. Um, I'm sure you'll come up with Free. the next best idea. We'll, see. we'll <laughs> <see the market. laughs> Yeah, absolutely. By the way, the music you're hearing on this show is by Craig Brown. He's become a friend of the show, and you can check him out over at uh, myspace.com slash sound A, as in Apple, or at uh, reverbnation.com slash sound A. You can check out all of his techno music and uh, see what you like. And uh, contact him for additional details. So my thanks to Craig. We're enjoying the music. Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes our journey. We hope you enjoyed your stay and will return home safely. Now, please take small children by the hand as you exit the moving vehicle. Thank you. If you have questions or comments, please feel free to email me at davesdisneyview at gmail.com. Now, please watch your head and step as you exit.